0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 122. We are discussing the Memorial Tournament on the PGA Tour and the Aram Bank Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Golf Betting Systems European Tour expert Paul Williams and our regular podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good morning, gentlemen.
1: Morning, guys. Morning, guys.
0: Visit Golf Betting System with betting previews containing tips, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor model. All available completely free of charge. No paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. And plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Over 600 subscribers on the new Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, and we're getting good. some record views. So, um, come Very and good. look. Come and look at the content that we put up there every week. Uh, Lots of
2: interaction as well on there, Steve, which is good. Lots of people giving views and opinions back and discussing the various.
0: I'm not joking. Of that I'm not joking here. It's taken me 45 minutes this morning to reply to the comments on that. So, yeah, it's all good. It's <laughs> good. It's all very good. good. Now, take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. Now, thank you very much, guys, for a steady flow of reviews. I'm going to read out a couple this morning. This one is entitled Quality Insight Five Stars. Hi, guys. Absolutely love the podcast, loving the course information and detail. It really helps me when streamlining the stats for my bets. Thanks very much. And that is from Graham Cree. He's the Krillmeister on Apple Podcasts via... He's he's in Great Britain, so thank you for that, Graham. And this next review did make me titter. I've already shared it with the lads, so bear with us, because this could cause a, a bit of a kerfuffle. Great podcast, Shame About the Tips, is the title of the review. Five stars. Thanks for your five stars. This is from Mark HVR. Again, he's in Great Britain. Great host. Well, thank you very much. Great guests. Not sure about that. Very entertaining. Backing their tips up, though, is the quick way to the poorhouse. <laughs> <laughs> My favourites from the workday. Episode was Matt Every to be first round leader. First he, round loser. He he finished stone last, and Dylan Fritelli t eighty nine exclamation mark. Oh, and Damon outright after round one he was plus seven, but you never know. <laughs> a, gr- a great hours listening though, and I will continue to do so each week. The the slim hope that they ever pick a winner would just be a bonus. Keep it up boys and thanks. That's from,
1: that's from Mark HYR in Great Britain. I'm taking the positives from that. there is a slim hope he's admitted it. It's great. Oh, <laughs> I, you, n-
2: you never know, guys. We might get there eventually.
1: We might need to provide some context on the mat, the Matt every first round leader bets. They've been Paul's what, standard bet for God knows how long. Hmm. It's it's a long term it's a long term play to 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 get every on the FRL
2: Oh, absolutely, and you you take an awful lot of rough with the uh, occasional glimmer of light or occasional bit of smooth with Matt Every, because yeah. you do get a massive, massive reward when he does pop up first-round leader, which he does pop up first-round leader every now and again, but in between times, he's awful, and you can't make any bones about it. And, I, you know, we internally had a chuckle when we looked at the leaderboard and saw that we'd thrown another few quid away because he was literally sitting at the bottom of the leaderboard after the first day actually he withdrew in the end so I haven't found out if he had a problem or if it was just out of sheer embarrassment from sitting at the bottom I think of the, a up, lot of them withdrew
0: because there was four or five of them uh, there was about 28 players that didn't complete Friday and he, he's he got like three holes to play and he's what, nine over par yeah, he, he's exactly. thinking, eh, I don't think I'll fork out for another hotel no.
1: Then we'll move on I I guess the thing is, the caveat is that the Matt Every, anytime that's spoken of on this, it's a long term play. Like for over, you've, and you've backed him over a number of years. Look, I'm not saying it wasn't a shit call last week. It was a terrible (laughs) call last week. Thanks, Barry. I've sent an invoice to Paul for my losses as well. (laughs) I don't know if it'll be paid or not, but, uh, yeah, and look, do you know what the, the those long shot FRLs like the Fratelli one I chose? You know, I kind of just took a punt on him being extra motivated coming back after the, you know, the COVID. So anyway, these things, you know swings and roundabouts. I know yeah. wh- I I know where Paul's heading though.
0: I know exactly where he's heading very soon. It's not this week because he, he hasn't got into the field. But next week, three M Open, Paul is going to be putting up Charlie Hoffman, first round leader. Do
2: you know it is a real shame that Hoffman wasn't playing this week? Because you'd have put him up
0: this road. week. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, know yeah, I know you would. I know you would have
1: Have you seen yeah. the ridiculous late um, exemptions into the tournaments? Like Carl Patterson, was it Stuart Sink? I mean, a couple yeah. of there's it, it, just a couple of old guys. When you have a chance to showcase the new talent, I mean, I know the old guys deserve a, a bit of a bit of the, these exemptions and spots for all they've done to get the game to where it is now, but you know, you maybe see a blend of a couple of young guys and a couple of the older guys, it would be something preferable to me anyway.
0: It's that's a yeah. very valid point. I'll tell you why. Listen, this was the alternates list when the when the um field came out for a uh, Saturday, yeah. This is the alternates list and this shows you the quality we're dealing with this week at the Moor. Pat Perez first alternate, Adam Schenk, Ryan Armour, who's had a couple of top five finishes recently. Johnny Vegas, Charlie Hoffman uh, and Chesson Hadley in there, Matt Jones. You know, it's, it's, there's no mugs gallery there, is there? And they're alternates, no. not no. even getting in the field.
2: And they extended the field as well, didn't they? Because it should be 120 players, shouldn't it? Yes, yeah, it should up be, to yeah. low 130s, isn't it, with these additions, as Barry said. There's a few names in there that you wouldn't expect. Jason Scrivener made it to the field. I'm, I've not looked to see exactly how... Yeah. Um, he managed to wangle a position, but um, there's a few odd ones when I looked through that I couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite fathom myself, I must say. But
0: don't you fancy a bit of Carl Persson at fifteen hundred to one?
2: <sighs> no.
0: Mm. Tom it's Layman's saddened. another one. Tom Layman squeaked in the field, didn't he? We're kind of wasting our time here, though, aren't we? Should we? Yeah. Should we, we? Quickly. I mean, we've kind of reviewed last week already. It was an absolute shit gallery, wasn't it? From our, from us, potentially from a betting perspective.
1: Well, from our bets. I, well, I did. I managed. Oh, I. Sorry. I'm proud to I, say. No. I'm I proud to say, Yeah, you I'm did. I'm proud to say I did sneak Jason Day into a. Uh, you did. Age, age trillion way chop of the uh, uh, seventh and eighth place. And mm. Paul, Paul did get a chop on
0: Col- Connor Sim. So it wasn't. It, time. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was. It was a shit show for me instead.
2: Yeah, it, it kind of was in with a real shout, I thought it was only one back going into the final day, um, yeah. and given the players that he had ahead of him, I thought he would um, he would push on. But as you get it all the time, don't you? Particularly on the European tour, the the lead is like a hot potato on a Sunday, and um, yeah. you know no one quite wants it and. You know, he went round ultimately shot level par for the day, but that included three late birdies. When he completely taken himself out of the uh, out of the equation, then he starts playing some golf and managed to squeak into a tie for fourth. So there was a little bit of each way money, although it didn't quite cover the week. Um but um but no, Mark Warren won that and um you know, we've all got our own individual players that we've backed a number of times have let us down. And Mark Warren's one of mine who um I've put up a few times and he's got into strong positions and then on a Sunday it just doesn't quite work out and I can't admit that he was close to my selections last week because he wasn't um, but uh, from the position he was in I was fully expecting him to go backwards on Sunday but uh, he didn't do it he, he stuck around and carrying his own bag as he was um, he uh, he managed to get around and Get over the line so well. Oh, one hundred and fifty to one, and he was well backed. He was um, he was tipped by Ben Coley, who's having a fantastic year. So, uh, well done, Ben. Um, and uh, you know, a number of people were on him last week because I've seen an awful lot of uh, winning bet slips from last week as well. So, if you did manage to pluck him out, well done. What price was really? return? One hundred and fifty to one early on, and um, went off closer to hundreds, maybe about a bit of one hundred and twenty-five. But he, for for a player who has European Tour winning pedigree, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, and in a weak field, there was a case to be made for him. Even though he hadn't played for a long time, hadn't shown in much form for for a while, and hadn't won since twenty fourteen. Even so, you know, these players can uh, can find something and uh, and clearly get over the line, which he did. So, uh, yeah, well done if you were on board Warren last week.
0: I took from last... Troy Merrick gave me a run. He was 150 to 1. And he, he if he'd have actually shot a half decent round so, uh, Sunday, he'd have got in the places of 150s. The one that really galled me was Hadwin. Eight under he was when I went to bed on Friday night. And I'm thinking, that's good. He's in touch here. He's, he's, in, he's yeah. in for the long haul. And then the wind started blowing. And I'm just looking at some numbers here that we put into the predictable. Adam Hadwin, across the last five years, has got zero points when it comes to a technical scoring golf test, yeah? Zero. He's also got only four, uh, five points when it comes to wind-positive rounds across five years of golf, yeah? So, actually, I worked it through. He was eight under before the winds really started blowing on Friday after I think it was the second win, the second time they hauled them off. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He shot 12 under par when it was relatively tranquil at Memorial this week. And then in that wind section, he shot something crazy over par. There was three or four bogeys straight away on the Friday. And he then shot another four over on the Saturday when, again, it was quite windy. So that's just gone gone into my mental notes. If you ever see anything difficult, technical, windy with the Hadwin, forget about him. Yeah, but equally, the flip side is you,
2: you, you... Favor him when the conditions yes, are going to be is it. going to be sterile. Now you know? next week,
0: three M Open, he yeah. finished in the top five there last year. Birdie fest, 18-20 under par wins it. You'd be an absolute fool to throw Hadwin out next week because he is playing some exceptional golf when the conditions are right for him. And that I'm isn't going sure to be that is. isn't going to be a great that isn't going to be a great field next week. That's that's going to be the problem, isn't it? It's going to be Adam Hadwin thirty three to one, and everyone's going oh, that's an absolute shocking price, yeah, Adam Hadwin.
2: The, the flip side again of that is that he's not got as much to beat at the top. You know, you look at the, the look at the, uh, the field this week. It's absolutely jam packed, isn't it? It's a yes. it's a mini major. So you know, does a Adam Hadwin win a tournament like that? No.
1: I think I saw a strength of I did see a strength of field tweet this morning, and I can't remember who it was by, but they were saying that this is like one of the strongest regular field events ever, and I is and imagine, it's yeah. stronger than a couple of majors.
2: Yeah, absolutely stronger than a um, HSBC Champions WGC by by a long
0: stretch. Oh god, yes! Yeah. I, t- I, it was they've got all top the top nine players in the world and seventeen of the world's top twenty this week. The only ones that aren't playing would be Fleetwood, uh, Tyrrell Hatton's decided not to play, and one other I can't remember. But yeah, seventeen of the top twenty in the world. Yeah, that yeah, as Paul says, that that puts the HSBC Champions into the, into the weeds. It really does. Mm. We've got a feast of golf coming up. I mean, we've got this this week. Two weeks' time, you've got the WGC at uh, FedEx and Jude. And then, of course, you've got the PGA Championship, so it's an absolute feast of, of golf coming up, guys. So it's it's all good. Right, let's talk Memorial. Oh, in terms of last week as well, you have to give props to Colin Maracawa. That that boy has got balls, hasn't he? He he can he can go extreme. Oh, Adam Scott's the other one that's not playing, of course. He's the world number one nine. Um, you would have thought I'd thought Scott would play this, but clearly he's staying clear for you would assume COVID reasons. Yeah, or, we, or we can't travel in or something.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of an issue, I think, uh, with Australia. If you're going back to Australia, you have to pay your own uh, housing costs for your quarantine. Okay. Um, so they're just, I think they're just disincentivizing people from traveling in and out, which is, um, I don't know, it seems as good an di- idea as any these days to help contain the yeah. march of the virus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, Mark Howe and Thomas, that was one hell of a Sunday to watch. You know, with the, oh, incredible, the, yeah. the final and Hovland as well, like just the ball striking between the three of them and the, the ways they all got around the course, like really good to watch. Um, we were fortunate over here that we were able to watch it all, um, presented as a feature group style Sunday. Uh, but in the States, there was uproar because they didn't show it live and then they pushed it to the streaming platform and then there were problems with the streaming platform. So, you know, lucky over here we were able to mm. to, to enjoy that. Um. Well, I was amazed. I was around my mate's house having a barbecue,
0: and I, I picked my phone up and looked at the... And they were already six holes in. I said to the wife, good God, it means like three in the afternoon. So they must have teed it up at 7am. They did, yeah. To the the miss to the weather, nine, I take it, yeah? Yeah,
2: yeah, the leaders were out at nine-ish in the morning, wow. so... To try and uh, which they did. They you know, managed to circumvent it, which is uh, exactly the right thing to
0: do. Because Thomas was already two over par, and Morikawa was already four under. I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's Thomas looked like he'd blown it early
0: doors. He's up to thirteen in the world now, Morikawa. What do you think that guy's ceiling is? Oh, the, two, the two of you. Is he's he, is he, is, he? Is, is he a is he a major champion in the in waiting? Uh,
2: there's no reason to think not. He's got mm. more wins than missed Cuts, isn't he? That's mad. That's a mad statistic. And to show the bottle that he did in that playoff to make that twenty-five footer, where where it was to to stay in it, um, you know, that's just an absolute dagger to, to the heart of Justin Thomas, isn't it?
1: I think there was one shot in the final round that really stood out to me by him. It was the um, the going for the green on the fourteenth drivable par four. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. trying to fit it into that like neck that was eight yeah. yards wide and he just swung so freely at it and gave him a a really good look for Eagle I mean that just kind of that tells you the kind of mindset that he has and um, yeah his ceiling his ceiling is very high I mean it's it's easy to it's easy for everyone to go with these hyperbole he's got more wins than you know you know missed cuts and I mean let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves too much he's very fresh on the tour he's young he has done incredible things so far. Let's 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 come back in a couple of years' time and see if he's still doing it. And then we start talking about how how really great he is. For now he's a really, really hot flash in the pan. Um, and I that's yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. Um let's see you do it over a few years. If he starts winning, you know, once a year, then then he's really serious.
0: He he came extremely close the first tournament out of um, the breakout breakdown didn't he at Charles mm. Schwab. and he was in a playoff that week with Daniel Berger because he missed the he missed a, a putt to win it on the final green didn't he Dennis Morikawa thing. that was yeah, the yeah. one where, there was all sorts Rose was right in there there was a whole host of them that had sob stories that week but this is the point with Morikara. he mixes it with the very best players and is totally one hundred percent at home. There's, there's no issues at all with the egos or he's just mixing it with whatever you dish up in terms of his playing partners or whatever kind of position you put in him in a contending kind of sense. He just takes it, he, you know, it's just it just seems to be natural to him.
2: There's no fear, is there?
0: No fear at all. You know, that's two good tournaments there, the Charles Schwab and the Workday against, against top level elite golfers. Second in one and then he wins the Workday. Hmm. High ceiling, yeah, for sure. Do you think that... I mean, I've tipped up Justin Thomas this week. Personally, and you know, I just looked at Thomas's record. I've He's lost playoffs in the past. I remember he lost to Phil Mickelson at, in Mexico a couple of years ago. And uh, his next outing was the world match play, and he made the semi finals. He, to me, is the kind of player that won't take that as a huge negative when he tees it up next Thursday. He just no. knows he's playing outstanding golf, Thomas, right now.
2: He's clearly got bounce-back ability, hasn't he? Again, you talked about his early start on Sunday, and you know, a lot of players in that position would have just faded away. But uh, yes. he stuck to it and started banging the birdies in for fun, didn't he? To get himself into what should have been a winning position. What did he trade at 1.02 or 3, something yeah. like that? He was, wow. He was, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was the winner at that point, yet um, Morikara reined him um, back in. And... You know, as you said, Barry, as a spectacle, it was incredible to watch. Really
0: good entertainment. It's hard to win on the PGA Tour, and I tell you what: this week, guys, is whoever wins this Memorial Tournament this week, complete and utter kudos to them, because it, mm-hmm. as we said, it's absolutely stacked. Let's get into some of the detail. Clearly, it's the same course as last week. There are a few changes. It's Jack Nicklaus's uh, tournament. It's the Memorial. Um, they've tweaked it back to its original setup this week, so we're looking at a shorter course, which is uh, just over seven thousand, um, just under seven thousand four hundred yards. Um, week on week, we should expect to see some thicker rough, and even last week the rough was um, really, really causing huge problems. I mean, if you look at uh, Morikawa, Thomas, and Hovland. Uh, Thomas was 14th for fairways hit. Morikawa was 9th. Hovland was 4th. Indiscriminate bomb and gouge does not work at this golf course. I found that out with uh, Cameron Champ. So that's that's, that's one for the memory bank. Um, It's ball striking, Ali. It really is. Um, From a course perspective, though, I think it's going to play, unless it absolutely hammers down on Thursday, and it's 50-50 like it always is, 50-50 if they're going to have thunderstorms, uh, Monday through Wednesday, it looks like that that course is just baking. It's baking out. So, you know, the Excellent. only mo- the only moisture that course will see is what Jack and his tournament organisers want to put on it. And I actually think, Barry, this is one of the tournaments where the PGA just leave it to what Jack and his course superintendent wants to do.
1: Let's hope so. Let's, Let's hope so. Because, so, eh? you know,
0: every tournament so far has been an absolute birdie fest
1: if those fairways get firm and fast, I mean, it's not a question about the greens. We know the greens are going to be up to speed yep. um, and maybe get a bit of bounce in them as well. But if those fairways get firm and fast, it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch because it's, it's not just about setting yourself up for the approach shot, uh, or it's not just about putting something out there to give yourself an approach. shot. It's having to plot the entire hole in a very, very strategic way to enable yourself to access the pins, which, they're, they're kind of tucked uh this week so it's fingers crossed it's all it's all we want a firm and fast golf course
0: last week that course to me played pretty much as easy as they could get that and the winning total was exactly the same as what cantley won the memorial at last year it was 19 under on a soft golf course last year and it was the same with the work day that still ranked as nine not the ninth hardest course so far this season and it actually played just uh, 0.15 under par, 71.85. So if that course firms out, the greens get up to the kind of stints, up to 12, 13 that the organisers want. Chipping and scrambling around here is going to be a nightmare when you miss greens. The other thing is that's worthy of note, you look at the guys last week, 72.2 GIR for Thomas, 73.6 for Morikawa. So they were at the very top uh, 10 Greens in regulation. If that's firmer and faster that week, all of a sudden, if you are hitting seventy percent of greens this week, you are going to be at the top of that category. So you have got to be able to scramble around this golf course. You've yeah, got man, to have was, an up, you've got to have an up and down going
2: It's got to it's got to bring a different element and a different type of player in this week to a certain degree,
0: and they need to make it
2: significantly different. So we've just not got workday open mark two. It's got to be. It's got to be a different set of challenges. So, uh, be hopefully as you you both just articulated, we do get to see a firmer and faster course.
0: Um, DeChambeau, when he won this two years ago, that was firmer and faster, fifteen under. Duffner the year before when it was really fiery, thirteen under. I think it's we're in that kind of ballpark this week. Mm. If you're if you're if you're making straight sixty nines. For four rounds, you're going to be right at the top of the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. It's a it's going to be a it's almost a major kind of test, isn't it? And quite rightly so, because it's a major field, and that's what we should see. I'm looking forward to it. Um, when the when the prices came out yesterday, I was like a kid in a candy store. It has to be said, oh. there was so much delight. There. I mean. When was the last time we saw Rory McElroy at 14 to 1? You're looking at John Rahm, 22 to 1. Um, you know, we've got players here that we haven't seen the likes of their prices for quite a considerable length of time. Conversely, of course, players that have won recently, like a Dustin Johnson who won at 30 to 1, he's now into 16s, which I didn't think was too bad a price actually for DJ. It was always going to be fascinating to me who would be favourite, and in most cases, who in fact. All cases, they put Bryson up as the favourite, ten to one.
2: Yeah, just about. If Justin Thomas had won last week, I think he would have just about shaded yeah. favouritism. But um, there's, there's that kind of disappointment factor that's been built into his price to a degree. But he's only just marginally behind Bryson, as you say. Tiger I, at twenty eight to one is going to be a, a popular pick as well this week, I think.
0: Yeah, interesting
2: price for a good pr- who, good
0: price for that, isn't it? Hmm. I thought Webb Simpson at 28s was tempting as well. I stared and stared and stared at Webb. It had to be said. Um, I can never call him right. So if I'd have put him up, he'd have missed the cut. If I don't put him up, he'll win. So that would be one or other. I'll take you through the top 10 of my predictor model this week. Justin Thomas last week was the predictor number one. And of course, he made the playoff. So effectively, we've had four predictor number ones that have either won or made the playoff. In fact, let's be frank, Thomas should have won. So I'll take you through the top ten. All the prices I'm quoting are with William Hill. They again have gone eight places each way of 50 odds, and they're also leading prices on pretty much the top 25 in the field this morning. 10 Abraham Anser at 50 to 1. All eight places, all with William Hill. Nine is Gary Woodland, 40 to 1. 8 Rory McElroy, 14 to 1, which kind of told me the state of McElroy's game at the moment. Seven, Daniel Berger at 40 to 1. Six, Dustin Johnson at 16s. Top five, Xander at 28s. John Rahm is at 4 at 22 to 1. Simpson 28 to 1 at 3. Then the big two at the top, Bryson at 2, 10 to 1. And Justin Thomas at 1. Now, he is 11 to 1. So, those that's the top 10 of the predictor model that I pulled together. I did actually change it from last week's model, I put a lot more emphasis this week on short scrambling game. So, just because I think it's going to be a far more of a prerequisite this week,
2: yeah. Yeah, and if if greens are firmer, which you'd expect, then um, it's going to be more difficult to hold, and as you said, it's going to bring those short game elements more into play,
0: so... I'll just throw this at you two. Um, These were the scrambling ranks on the PGA Tour of the last four winners the week that they won, okay? William McGirt, he was 40th on the PGA Tour for scrambling. Duffner was 100. So, okay, 100. That's kind of 50, isn't it? It's kind of middle, middle percentile. Bryson DeChambeau was 81st. Patrick Cantlay was first for scrambling on the PGA Tour. And last week, on a soft golf course, Colin Morikawa was 94th for scrambling. So that, to me, suggests that you need someone that is at least rank average for scrambling. A lot of guys in America and strokes gained people will be showing, oh, you know, strokes gained around the green would be a lot better statistic. But actually strokes gained around the green is the one stat i don't physically like because it's more about how you know chip ins and it isn't necessarily a good um, pr- uh, a good statistic in terms of up and down and saving par
2: yeah, this is more about bogu avoidance, isn't it? In this in, in this instance.
0: Well, the number that got me last week was our friend Victor Hovland, who, as you know, I didn't tip up last week. Couldn't have the price. He's shorter. He's even shorter this week in a field that is far, far stronger. But the number that got me and Barry's right. His ball striking, his teeter green game was absolutely fantastic. You know, it's out of this world stuff. He needs to take a week off soon, Victor. He must have played. He's played every tournament. But scramb- no, scrambling last week, Victor Hovland was 55th in the field. So that's 55 out of the one the, the players that made the cut. If I looked at the whole field, he was down in the 100 and somewhat in a field of 150.
1: And I, and that, I, and I just and that, think
0: it's it's going to get worse, Barry. I just think this week. I just think the scrambling is going to become harder and harder and harder.
1: Yeah, just about to jump in and say that rough is just going to be allowed to be a little bit thicker and longer this week so yeah' uh, just and uh, quicker
0: and quicker greens
1: yeah it's just amplifying the test that he had last week so
0: so uh, Hovlands a, Hovland's a pass for me on price but also I just I just don't think he's got the, the short game to be able to tame this I'm not suggesting he's not in the in there's nothing to suggest he won't be at the top of the leaderboard but will he ultimately win? I don't think so, personally. That's my view. Um, Shall we start with the... T- uh, I'll tell you what i am also mentioned before we move on to picks and who you like, because I know we've got time issues because we've got um, we've got to work through Europe as well. Um, the one thing, uh, in terms of strokes gain metrics for this particular golf course and this particular tournament, we are looking at, for the last four winners, average skill sets, 16th for strokes gain off the tee, 10th on approach, 20th around the green, T to green 6th, putting 19th. So far more emphasis T to green than putting. And if you actually look at it from a traditional perspective, driving distance 33rd, so you haven't got to be a bomber. More, um, accuracy 24th, that's a high number for the PGA Tour. Green's in regulation 11th. Proximity to hole 12th, again, those irons have got to be crisp. Scrambling, this is a high number for the PGA Tour. You, The average, the last 10 winners here, top 11 for scrambling on the week and putting average 15 so putting average actually less of a skill set for the winners here the last 10 years than scrambling so you miss greens you've got to you've got to be getting up and down effectively yeah, as as yeah. I keep saying how do you want to play this i mean i've already said who i've taken at the top of the board i know that you guys aren't top of the board punters of uh, players shy of 25 to 1 so mats and Bro- so brooks kept up who who would be who would be your one pick of those of those guys? If I if I gave you a five
1: and said, egg, I have a win only bet. Well, I've put Brooks gonna go back on the bench after the last time I backed him thinking he was gonna start mm. getting things together. Maybe he just hasn't and you know, maybe I put him in that McElroy category of just targeting the the majors, you know, and he's just trying to tune things up and see where everything's at and um, you know, not overly concern himself or you know, focus too much on winning one of these events. So, um, yeah, the, pass, the, adva- the
0: advantage we've got with Kepka is we know his schedule now. He's actually put this in, but he plays the next three weeks straight, which is what exactly what Brooks does, isn't it? Yeah, you know, he just peaks, target- he wants to peak the week before the PGA. Yeah,
2: his, his target will be to win that US PGA championship. There's mm. no bones about it, there's no other. Event out there in the short term that he wants to win. Okay. That's where his mindset will be.
0: Who did you plump for then, Barry? You're not plumping for Brooks. Who would you who would you take no. if I twisted your arm then?
1: I the think top? if if you if you twisted my arm to pick somebody at the top of the market, I would I'd be flipping a coin between Thomas and Cantley. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I think they're both their all all round games are good enough to handle all the tests that we hope will be coming towards the players this week, and um, yeah, saw enough from Cantley in his final round Sunday. You know, he was working, you know, working through things as the week went on, and then a really good round on Sunday. You know, yeah. like, I think I did a late blip, but you know, no no big deal. He write that off, and yeah, Thomas has the mindset to just. You know, take what take what happened last week and uh, convert it into something good, positive. If that comes into a win or not, who knows? But uh, that's why we're talking about it here in the show. So,
0: what about you, Paul? That's Barry's view. Yeah, no, I, I, Cantlay
2: was a real eye catcher. He's there's a You know, you individually have players that you just kind of don't tend to back, and Cantlay is one of those players that I just don't tend to back. Um, but he's that final round, as you said, Barry, really did catch the eye. Um, I haven't backed anyone in that bracket yet, but if I do, it will be a saver and it will be on Bryson. Um, I just feel that he is playing um, a level of golf, which means he can go and win any golf tournament that he so chooses. And I think he is um, quite rightly the favourite this week. And I think he's got a great chance of going back to back for... Or personal back-to-back yeah. tournaments.
0: We've seen in that ways. before. We, I got a lot yeah, of, yeah. I got a lot of feedback on the YouTube channel from people saying, "Well, it's it's simple. This week, it's Bryson back-to-back." Yeah. Just for you, for you, Paul, uh, for you Barry Cantley has only defended once. That was the Shriners Children's Hospital in Las Vegas. Finished second, so he, so he doesn't mind defending, and he's peaking. So yeah, I can see the logic on Cantley. I can well, I can see the logic on anyone up there, but I can certainly see the logic on Deshambo Cantley and Thomas this week of the, of those top guys. Yeah. Um, what about this juicy area where we've seen a lot of winners? I mean, another thirty-three to one winner last week in Colin Morikawa. Uh, where have you two got stuck in in this kind of juicy mid-range? Who are you backing?
1: Don Barry, you go. <clears throat> um, I have kind of kind of sticking with a couple. So I backed Tony Fino a couple of weeks ago, and. He actually had a pretty good tournament, a bit of a ropey Sunday, but, you know, things are starting to come into shape. Um, He's been out having a bit of fun playing uh, local other courses when he's, you know, not playing tournaments with Zach Blair. Um, I'm sure people have heard that he, you know, shot the 59. Um, Mm. Don't know what track it was at, but, you know, it doesn't really matter because that sort of uh, score for your confidence Works oh, huge, on any yeah. track. Um, he seems to be having a good bit of fun with uh, golf at the moment. So look, the odds—the odds were the thing that kind of uh, got me on board a, a little bit as well. Um, the question about Tony is whether he can go off, uh, go out there and win it. Um, but the game is strong enough that at sixty to one, you know, there's a decent each way payout, and there's a lot of extra places available this week. So he—he's my first uh, bet of the week. When
0: was the last time we saw
1: sixty-six
0: to one about Tony Fee? he was actually yeah. longer on most books than Jason Day, which really surprised me. And he's the same. Yeah, kind, he's the same kind of price as Kevin Streelman, for Lord's sake. Yeah. <laughs> they did Finau show some form, though. though didn't he? Mm. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't think. I don't think there's far worse bets than Fee And at sixty-six oh, okay. to one, it's a no-brainer bet, really, if you're looking for an elite guy. I, I, I can go with that. It's also interesting, you know. We guys we say you target Patrick Reed, a couple of fifty-five to ones out there this week. That's well, getting Steve, back to the kind of price where he wins tournaments.
2: It's very funny you should say that because I've back. I've only backed two players this week, and the first one is Patrick Reed. Mm. And as you said, he's back to that um, pricing sweet spot, isn't he? That fifty to 1, 55 to one bracket, yeah, where, he uh, where he won the WGC Mexico back at the start of the. Uh, start of the season and for me he does he lifts himself for these bigger tasks and when he came back you know clearly everyone had a break 7th at the Charles Schwab uh, 24th at the Travellers 39th last week but there are some decent rounds with that and he shot uh, 63 in the third round of the Charles Schwab uh, 64 in the final round of the Travellers and opened with a 68 which put him in seventh place last week after the first round. And I think the fact that this is tougher this week is going to suit him. Yep. Short game, outstanding. We know how good Patrick Reed is with his short game. He's yep. very, very good. And I'm with you. I think the emphasis will be, the pendulum will swing more and more towards short game expertise this week. Um, and I think that's going to suit Patrick Reed down to the ground, coupled with the fact that he's playing against a stronger field. And that really does get the competitive juices flowing with Patrick Reed. He wants to compete and beat the very best players out there. He's
1: playing well over. Uh, sorry, come back. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say. I think it'll be interesting, I, I, and it's built into the price um, that this course favors a bit of a right uh, right hander's fade. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. So I think you'll know pretty quickly on Thursday where Reed is this week and how he's swinging it because if those fairways get firm and fast, you're going to want that fade shape even more. And
2: yeah, We, we yeah, all remember yeah.
1: he dialed it in for the Masters. He was working on that. You know, held off, fade, or whirly bird finish to get that. So, uh, it it'll be re- you'll know pretty quickly whether you need to go to reload Friday, Paul.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he's built. He has built that into his game. I think you, you're right. I mean, he has played well or reasonably well over here, um, over the years. Um, it was fringy um, contention on on debut in 2015. Finished 26th that week. Um, eighth here in 2016. So he has played reasonably well. Um. I think the thing for me is that he's sitting 8th in the world ranking. You remember that statement he made years ago that he was a top five um, in the world yeah. player? Um, he's managed to get himself up to 6th um, relatively recently. He's currently 8th. With this level of field, he'll get very, very close, if not into the top five, with mm-hmm. the win. big motivation to kind of prove everyone wrong here. He loves, um, he loves a battle. Oh, he does, Absolutely. Absolutely. Eighth in the world, but 19th in the betting this week um, is another factor that caught me. Mm. Um, the other point, is also a winner on Jack Nathalie's design. He won at PJ West back in, what year was that, 2014, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I for me, if Patrick reads 55 to 1 in any elite field and showing any kind of snippets of form, I'm taking him. So he heads my current betting this week.
0: That segue into Reed wasn't um, organised either, listeners. No, that, that, was, that, <laughs> that was that was that was that was actually genuine. I have no idea who pulls back this week or or Barry to that uh, extent as well. So, um, from my perspective, I have gone for. I managed to pick up the narrative I've taken is the kind of what we've seen last two years. We've seen Deshambo win here he'd had a stellar build up he'd mixed it at bay hill he'd done well at phoenix But he hadn't won for over a year um, but this was by far his his kind of breakout victory it's almost what you could say about morikawa last week as well yeah clearly he won um, a, a subpar event um, at Montreux last year the barracuda but this was his first breakout victory on the pj tour of you know at, at muirfield village and i'm kind of following that um i just thought if you if you you know we're all I keep going back to him but Hovland he's playing so well at the moment. And you know, I look at his strokes gained stats he's he's towards the top of everything as you would expect. Uh, he's second for strokes gained approach since the tour has resumed. Um he's of course he's uh, he's top of my um, rankings in terms of strokes gained to green. But the guy that I kept seeing constantly and I just couldn't Wherever I looked, I just kept seeing his name. And he's in the top seven in the predictor model. He's a recent winner. He's he's won since the PJ Tour regime, was, was Daniel Berger. Mm. Now he's playing some outstanding stuff. He's He ranks, across my eight-week tracker, he's first in this field, strokes gained T to green, and he's above Bryson DeChambeau in that. Um, you look at then strokes gain putting, he's sixth in that particular category. And strokes gained total. So strokes gained, current form effectively, last eight tournaments. Daniel Berger one. Patrick Cantley two. Barry Bryson Deschambeau three. <laughs> so Paul said Deschambeau. You said Cantley, and I've gone for Berger. That's the that's the one, two, three strokes gained
1: total, last got eight to su- tournaments. We've got it surrounded, boys. Mm. And <laughs> I <don't> haven't. <laughs> we need to back Cantley then. <laughs> we will do a group bet.
0: I couldn't I I was just pleasantly surprised I managed to get 40 to 1 on Daniel Berger. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a it's really good, good shout. Stuff.
0: It's a good price, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that'll get you excited on Sunday afternoon and evening.
0: And you just think Fees to yourself, well actually, who did he beat at Colonial in that Charles Schwab challenge? And if we cast our minds back, he that field was absolutely loaded. It was it was similar to this, apart from Tiger and a couple, it had everyone there. Every single player there. And a lot of good big names in contention right at the end. Xander, Justin Rose, clearly uh, Colin Murakawa was in there. There were a lot of good players. Patrick Reed finished well. Big, big names. Berger took the prize. Wouldn't be surprised if Berger, this would be his fourth PGA Tour victory and the biggest of them all by a long way. He's also had a couple of top tens in majors. He's been 10th at Augusta. He was uh, in the final group with Tony Final a few years ago at the US Open at Shinnecock, finishing the top six. So Berger, I think I think he can compete this week and his game is so sweet right now. Um, I just I went for Berger. The other narrative around there, someone don't forget with this we've had Justin Rose win in 2010, a maiden, uh, Matsuama was a maiden. Uh, we've had uh, quite a few. McGirt never won on the PGA Tour. David Lingmouth at a huge price. The player that fits the bill for me, who's been playing some outstanding golf the whole of this year, is Abraham Anser, the Mexican. And I took 50-1 to 1 on him as well. Eight places each way with William Hill. I think Answer's the one. If he popped out and you actually saw him at the top of the leaderboard with a Justin Thomas or with a Bryson DeChambeau, and he's in the mix in the top 10... Come the weekend, you'd look at Answer and go, yeah, you know he's not out of place there, playing some very, very strong stuff, tea to green, Answer. So Answer was the the third of my three picks at fifty to one. Again, I thought that was a decent a decent enough price on Answer. It's gonna be if I if I'd have actually had a little bit more and I wouldn't have gone for Thomas, I think I would have put Fino in there. Being fair, because at sixty six to one, that is a value bet, has to be said.
1: Just, it's going to be interesting this week if you get that sort of dynamic about these guys are trying to reach for, let's say, the biggest win of their career. And there's a few of the huge names of the game are up there in the leaderboard. It'll be interesting to see how they react in that situation. Especially, especially if someone like Tiger's up there, you know, just, just to see how it all pans out.
0: Last year, if I remember it correctly, it was Cantley and keimer and Scott were, the, were, the, were his closest challengers, weren't they? And then the year Dischambo won. I think Cantley was his closest. And then there was a playoff with Kyle Stanley and our old friend Benny Ann. Mm. So it's not always the case that the very top top names are right at the summit of the leaderboard, coming down the back nine. But clearly, it's a it's a whole new world now, isn't it? We have got Tiger coming to town, and yeah, we've got a, we've we've literally got the PGA Championship round the corner. So yeah, there's lots of dynamics to it. Any 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 bigger price shouts before we move on to the European tour?
1: I'm going to stick with Jason Day. He did nothing wrong last week. No. Uh, you know, one or two shots. One more shot gets him into a full place payout. And no. um, oh god, it was it was over sixty six to one. So that would have been you know very nice indeed. Uh, a lot of lot of good things going on there last week. I mean, the approach to the green was not brilliant. He was forty second in that, but you know. Scrambling slash strokes gained around the green. He was ninth for both of those categories. Putting he was twenty seventh. Uh, you know teed to green really good. Just a lot of good parts of his game there uh, working together. And with the course getting a bit more difficult this week, I'm happy to give it a run. You know he's never he hasn't had a great t- uh, res- resume at Memorial, but that might have uh, that might have just changed his mindset. Uh, going quite well last week, so. Uh, I'm on him, and then I'm sticking with my statement that I'm auto-betting Kisner for the time being. Uh, Actually, until he wins. I'm just putting him on what I call the woodland plan. Uh, (laughs) Eventually, it'll pay off, and hopefully at nice odds, I was able to pick him up. Um, I kind of did a bit of a blend between two bookies this week. One, I got him eight places at the higher price, and the other, I took ten places at the slightly lower price, so... You
0: are, you are Gary Woodland's biggest fan. I mean, you made a fortune on him last year at the US Open. What put you off him this week at 40s? Because that's not a bad price for Woodland.
1: It's not, no. Um, I wonder a little bit about his short game. And I think I remember going through a little... Uh, had a little affair with him there a few months back um, <laughs> when he, he, he hit another hot streak, uh, or what seemed to be a hot streak, and then disappointed me. And I decided that... Probably shouldn't back him again because it'll, you know, it'll never reach the same heights of the U.S. Open, <laughs> um, and, and and as such, it'll probably only disappoint me. So, um, I think I will just enjoy watching him as a fan rather than um, getting annoyed at him with my money on his back <laughs> if he doesn't win. So he
2: potted well last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's I hitting the Gary ball wouldn't. well. He's hitting the ball really well. So, um, and if he wins, I'll be happy for him. But it's just. Um, a mental saver to not back him, maybe I don't know. It's hard. To, I don't know if anybody else experiences that kind of approach to golfers once you've won on big before.
2: Yeah, I'd, yeah. Personally, if I'd, I'd like to win a bigger than big on them again, Paul yeah, back yeah, to the well
0: true. twenty times <laughs> on the same. But, I mean, look at Matt. Every have we got a uh, first round leader bet for Mark Hyr, our uh, reviewer? I've
1: yeah. I've got, I, I, have you got any more, Barry, before I go? No, no, I, that's me That's me filled. Cool.
2: Um, I've got one longer price, um, 125 to 1, and that's Danny Willett. Oh,
1: yeah, who Willett, yeah.
2: bounced back to some form at the Rocket Mortgage, didn't he? He'd he missed three cuts after he came back, and then he finished fourth, which was good. Yeah. Nice progressive rounds, 71, 68, 67, 66. So improving all the way through the, uh, through the four days there. 10th uh, here into the weekend last year. On his debut, so I know a bit more about the uh, track this time around. Um, since that point, he won BMW PGA Championship on a classical track. Um, faster greens this week was Sue, I um, think Augusta National, where it, clearly he was the Masters champion. And he does, I, for me, he, he turns it on in the bigger events. I think yeah. he's another one of these players he just picks and
1: chooses. And, yeah. and He loves the grind. He's another he one doesn't. who loves the grind. I, I, yeah. There's a v- real theme going through your bets this week, Paul. Mm. I like yeah. it
2: yeah I, I, you know for me the um, last three wins masters and uh, the dp world tour championship bmw pga championship yeah. is you, you know he's clearly he clearly mentally targeting somebody he
0: too, doesn't he. do 3m opens does he he does the nah. biggest tournaments of them all so for him to come to the top of the leaderboard this week would not be a surprise no,
2: absolutely so it was, was more he, of a, I mean, so
0: it was more of a surprise to see him in the top 10 last time out at the rocket yeah. mortgage that was the surprise Which might tell
2: you where his underlying game potentially is. Yeah,
0: 125 to 1. Yeah, I can see that. Quite
2: like that. Quite like that. Um, In terms of first round leader, the one that I will back subject to a decent tee time. And the reason I say that is that um, the forecast that I've seen so far suggests that the early starters are going to get far more tranquil conditions on Thursday. Now that may change, um, and I need to see the tea times, which will be out this evening, UK time. Um, But subject to a nice early tea time, I'll be backing Keegan Bradley, first round leader, at circa 125 to 1, I think we'll get uh, later on today. And he's another one who likes a fast start. If you look in his recent history, three first round leaders in his last 31 starts. So if you've got a player who's Notching a first round leader um, win, one in every 10 starts. And he's priced at 125 to one. With a decent tee time, hopefully. I've I've just got to take that. I mean, he opened with 69 last week, which was his best round of the week. Um, He's been top 13 after day one and five of his previous six starts in the Memorial. So he's generally started quickly. Got a couple of top eight finishes overall during that time. Um, so yeah, I keep an eye on the um, tee times. I'm hoping for a nice kind of seven thirty a.m. something like that tee time for Keegan Bradley, and then um, 125 to one or thereabouts will be taken.
0: Keegan as as Bradley see. last week was first for strokes gained on approach, and he was fifth strokes gained tee to green, and of course he was 155th for buzz for strokes gained putting. But yeah. <laughs> He, he he's he's striping it. He's absolutely striping it at the moment. A bit yeah. like Lucas Glover, he's another one that's striping it at the moment. Mm. So yeah, that that weather forecast just looks hideous, doesn't it? it you don't know what's going to happen. It, it looks well, like no. it looks like the early starters should get their round in, and then in the afternoon they could be off all afternoon. It it could be that the the first round goes through to Friday because it looks like well, it's going to be hammering port. down with rain and twenty five yeah. mile an hour winds.
2: I think so. You know, subject to the forecast again, and subject to the tea time, because if that looks like it's the case, and actually he's going to play all of his first round in the morning on Friday, mm. because um, he has a PM start, but there's there likely to be interruptions. Then again, it's potentially a play. Uh, I, yeah. I need to see both elements before placing that bet. But. Yeah. I suspect now I've talked it up, regardless of where he sits, I'll probably have to back it anyway. So. <laughs> um, otherwise, I'll be disappointed if he does do it and I've decided to uh, to miss out on him on a technicality. But we'll see. Good so, work.
0: Yeah, uh, good work. Uh, good luck with your bets, chaps, at the Memorial. Let's talk Uram Bank Open. This is where Barry and I go very quiet. And mm. we, ha- we hand you <laughs> over to Paul. Is this actually a European Tour level golf tournament or is it a challenge Tour tournament?
2: Well, it's no, it, strictly speaking, it is a um, is a combined or uh, co-sanctioned challenge tour so European you, tour event. So
0: you get a European tour exemption if you win it, or is it yeah, of the low, the lowest, of, yeah the lowest yeah the one yeah exactly. the
2: lowest of the low. But yes, it's um, yeah. I mean, clearly, they had to do something to get these uh, get the European tour back up and running. And we, as we saw last week, no TV coverage, half of the players carrying their own bags or using buggies, or using uh, using trolleys rather. Um it's, it's all a bit patchwork at the moment, isn't it? But uh, I, you know, you've got to applaud the fact that they've managed to get some competitive golf going again. And, um, you know, things are going to improve from next week onwards when we've got the, um, the British, British Masters at yep. a close house um, where the field will take a significant step forward. So um, that is something for us to look forward to. Second leg of the Austra- Austrian swing this week then, Um starts on Wednesday so do take that into account we're recording this on Tuesday morning UK time and by this time tomorrow we'll already be four or five hours into the tournament so if you're listening to this on Tuesday and you fancy a pun, do get your bets on nice and early otherwise you'll find it's in play only Um, we're moving 25 miles south of last week's venue the Diamond Country Club Um, staying in Austria as we've said the field We've got no Thomas Detry this week. He's gone back to focus on his preparations for the British Masters. So the field's taken a slight dip in quality. Yost Loughton leads the way at 13-2 to two best price. Um, at the moment, and just before we came on on uh, to the pod, uh, the young South Korean Yu Hung Kim... Pretty mispronounced and butchered his name there. The 18-year-old um, was second favorite, around eight to one. It did look to me that he was potentially going to withdraw. He won at the weekend over in South Korea or on the on the Korean tour, yeah. and was allegedly coming over to Austria to play this. Um, which caused a bit of consternation with the bookies as to how to price him and should they price him, which they all have done. Um, he's started to drop off the lists now, which would suggest to me that he's not going to be playing. And uh, that makes a lot of logical sense, given that he won at the weekend and he's miles away. And it starts on Wednesday as well. So um, that may throw a spanner in the works in terms of the market. But again, um, if you listen to this relatively early, get your prior, get your bets on, because that's only going to mean the rest of the players' prices will be Dipping down as a result of his withdrawal. Should that happen, um, Adrian now sixteen to one. Uh, Lorenzo Galli sixteen to one. He's been backed in quite considerably, um, and uh, yeah, after last week, I expect he'll probably go well. Uh, Ricard Kohlberg, twenty to one. He came quite close to my thoughts actually. If it had been a little bit longer, um, he's one of those players who does like a, a short course, which we'll go through in a second. But twenty to one was just a little bit too. Too skinny for me, unfortunately. Scott Vincent, 22s. John Catlin, 25s. 33 to 1. Bar those those six or seven players I've just mentioned. Um, Small, well, let's say, low-quality field, effectively. Three bookers have gone seven each way. Paddy Power, Betfair and Ball Sports this week. So there's a little bit of each-way value out there. Um, But for all intents and purposes, as Steve alluded to at the start, it's effectively a, a glorified Challenge Tour event. So... Um, there won't be a massive amount of action on it, I suspect. Um, same really, because the Adam Adamstal Golf Club, which we're heading to, looks like an absolute cracker. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the pictures, but yeah. it's kind of set into the uh, to the lower Alpine foreland in Austria, um, and looks an absolute. Gem of a, uh, a golf course would be a beauty to play. Six thousand four hundred seventy-three yards. So Steve, you and I could probably actually get round it without. I doubt so. it. No, I'll take that back. Are we, we going to see be... Heidi
0: walking over the over <laughs> the course? Yodler. <laughs> 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 we shall see.
2: We shall see. And. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as a as a course, Past seventy six thousand four hundred yards. That's far far shorter than a standard course in the That's crazy, re- any, isn't it? Any yeah, professional tour for that, and um, it's also three and a half thousand feet above sea level. So you've got the um, the factor of altitude into the uh, into the equation as well. So it's gonna play. I um, mean, for me, it reminds me very much of Quandilier, where they play the um, Amiga Masters each year, mm. which is another tight tree line track like this it's another altitude track set into the uh, into the swiss alps there so it's um has got to be a lot of correlation there and i think if you're trying to pick any correlating courses to try and decipher who may go well here that's a good starting point as are the other shorter tracks that are out there on the uh, on the schedule hong kong uh is another short track that you could that you could take a look at um, and that kind of led me to Kohlberg. But as I say, it's, the price is just a little bit prohibitive for me. Um, we have got some course history here. We haven't got any stats, but we've got some course history because this has been played on the Challenge Tour for the last couple of years. Uh, Callum Hill won last year at 18-1. Uh, Darius, one, Darius Van Drill won at 17-1 the year before that. Um, prior to that, you've got a couple of events on the Pro Golf Tour, the Adam Stout Open, Nikolai von Dellingshuizen, who was quite prominent last week, actually, in Austria. Um, He won in 2017. And Johan Lopez-Lazaro won in 2016. Uh, And then you have to go back to um, 2008 and beyond, when, again, it was part of the Challenge Tour circuit. Notably, 2006, Rafael Cabrera-Bello won his first ever professional tournament on this track. On the Challenge Tour, shot a 61
0: around. I was um, going to say, I bet you he came from about 38 shots back <laughs> on <the> Sunday. Yeah?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he was the 54-hole uh, leader. From,
0: yeah, from, from, I knew uh, that was coming. From, he'd actually not, driven off the course, and you've he, got to come back.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you've won. You've won. What, what, what sort of winning scores are we seeing at this, Paul? Just to give people an idea,
2: 17 and 18 under with the last two, and bear in mind it's a past 70 as well. So. Yeah.
1: Um, wow, wow, wow. you're going
2: to have to go low you know four rounds of sixty five in that kind of bracket would put you at twenty under mm. I think you 're going to need to be in that kind of um, scoring mindset to to get um, get around here in a contending score i mean we 've seen a lot of sixty twos from those events that I mentioned and these don 't forget these are second tier players effectively a lot of sixty twos um, a couple of sixty ones raphael as i just mentioned he, he shot sixty one on the way to victory. Julian Cairn shot 61 the last time they played this a year ago on the challenge tour. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a few 59 watches this week, particularly as the forecast is quite tranquil, but there is some rain in the forecast as well. So if it's a tranquil forecast, um, soft um, greens potentially on a short 6,400-yard track, um, I think that's a recipe for a lot of low scoring. So... um, i not be surprised to see some of
1: those fifty-nine watches buried. Visually, this week look, it does look incredible. Just having oh, a peek here, and it's one of those weeks where you see a lot of, um, you know, behind the shot camera shots, and you just watch the ball against the the backdrop of the the tree covered mountains. There'll be some some pretty uh, nice visuals this week. I'd say the European Tour Instagram is going to be blowing up.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just a, just a shame that we're not going to see any live pictures from it, but um but yeah there'll be there'll be uh highlights to watch and as you say there'll be various um various images to get our teeth into. It'll isn't be a it, lovely one to go and play.
1: Isn't it a bit funky that they have cameras there and they're they're creating a highlights package but they you know they won't just go that one little step more and you know even just live stream it themselves. It's yeah. uh they're so good at creating content. It seems like not too much of a leap to kinda of get to that you know, even if it's a limited live stream, um, a feature group one. You know, it would just it would be it would be yeah. cool to see. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Look, they'll have everything. Kind of, I'm sure they've they've been putting their resources into the the five week stretch in the UK. Yeah, getting yeah. That, getting that all set up. And this was this this
0: was quite a late addition, wasn't it? They they yeah. they talked about Britain and the swing and England and the swing, and all of a sudden it was oh, we're going to be playing in Austria in three weeks time.
1: Mm, so it, it was very
0: last minute.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, so the you know the, the infrastructure that's required, I expect, just wasn't there, and no. coupled with the fact that they'd have to have uh, you know however many additional people on uh, on on the premises to to enable the uh, TV coverage, it's just, yeah, just not happening. There was a little bit of online coverage and um, very limited for the um, the previous one, but that wasn't through um, the European tour. It was a separate uh, separate entity that uh, did that. But uh, remains to be seen if we'll see anything at all this week, but certainly no Sky Sports coverage, which is, uh, I'd say, a real shame, given the uh, given the, uh, the look and the feel of the track. Um, I've gone through the the field. I've got three selections this week. Top of the market doesn't really appeal to me. Um, Loughton's very, very short, 13-2, as we said. Um, I expect if the uh, the young South Korean does pull out, then that price will shorten even further. And if you look at last week, he was in a really strong contending position. Birded the first on Sunday to leave himself a shot or two off the lead. And it's the kind of player that you should expect to really push on the charge on a Sunday, and he didn't. He just drifted away and ended up finishing 18. So that's, you know, from his perspective, it's a massive disappointment, really. Um, Adrian House 16-1. to He didn't show much at all, finished down in the 60s last week. As I said, of the top players, Richard Kohlberg was the closest. He does like a short course. He's got some good form um, around um, fanling I think. He's got some good, good form around the... Indian Open track, Delhi Golf Club. He's won a couple of times there back in 2010 or thereabouts. If you, if you, again, if you dig through his um, his history, then you'll see a number of shorter tracks that kind of suit up to his game. But I just needed a little bit more juice in his price. And 20 to 1 at best was um, just a little on the short side for me. Instead, I've gone for um, the American John McCatlin at 25 to 1. Who uh, bases himself out in Thailand and plays mainly on the Asian tour? Four wins at that level in the last fifty-three starts for him. But for me, how much of a step up is this from the Asian tour? If if it's a step up at all, I'm not really convinced it is. He won in Thailand in November. He was um, second in late January at the Bunchu Rangwit um, uh, uh, Open. Sixty-three, sixty-two opened that week. So clearly in some wow. low-scoring form. Yeah. Um, the other point I liked is that if you look at Callum Hill last year when he won here, he led the field for par-5 scoring. And um, there's three par-5s, all attackable, as you'd expect, given the dynamics of the course. Catelyn birdied 13 of the 16 par-5s last week in Vienna. Wow. Um, finished 8th eight over, eight overall, but yeah, 13 of 16 birdies, which was really impressive. Led the field, um, you won't be surprised to hear in that particular stat. Uh, and we've seen him on a, bit, a bigger stage. We've seen him in WGCs, and um, we saw him at the Cimb Classic on the PGA Tour a couple of years back. Finished twenty second there last yep. year. He played Phoenix. He played the Desert Classic on the PGA Tour. Made the cut in both of those uh, events. For me, given the quality of the field, he stands out as a player that's actually quite a bit better than the uh, the standard level that we're seeing here this week. So he tops my list at twenty five to one, and. Um, Bernd Riethammer, the German, is my second pick, 40 to 1. I got yesterday. There's a little bit of 40s left. He's been backed in, he's been tipped up by a couple of the papers this morning. So that will go quickly if you fancy a bit of him. Um, he's one of those elite band of players who's managed to gain instant promotion to the European Tour for winning three times in a Challenge Tour season back in 2016. So, nice elite club for him to uh, have joined there. Um, also won four times on the pro golf golf tour and for me a player that's won seven professional titles um sticks out again in this field because there's a lot of players who when push comes to shove on sunday um will be um a little wary of actually converting a converting the lead whereas a player who's managed to do it seven times professionally um does give you a little bit of confidence that he may be able to stick around should he uh uh, should he get himself into that position? Generally, though, he has struggled at European Tour level, um, but there are some signs that he's getting to grips with it. Eighth at Valderrama last year. His closest yet was at the second um, at the Porsche European Open last year, where he finished behind uh, Paul Casey. So, um, certainly showing some form and showing some signs that he's getting to grips um, with the European Tour nowadays. Started this year on the on Sunshine Tour, showed some signs of life there, 18th last week as well, shot 65 on the Friday which tied the best round of the week and on his single start here back in 2018 he shot 66-65 over the weekend and finished 8th on this track in uh, Adamsdale Golf Club. So mm. bit of course form, bit of current form and some historic winning form as well which I quite like. For a 40 to 1 shot in this field. Um, and finally, my longest shot. He was priced at 120, 110 to 1 yesterday when I picked him up. Um, he has been tipped again by a couple of other um, online tipsters. Who have driven his price down to around 70 to 1. So he's been abs- there's been an absolute plummet on his price. That's Marcel CM. Um, and for me, Mark Warren's win last week could be a wake-up call for the likes of CM and a number of other players as well uh, who are in a similar kind of position to him, potentially. If you look at CM, 39 years old, he hasn't won since 2014. That's an absolute identical correlation to, to Mark Warren. Um, CM t- turns 40 this week, actually. Um, in fact, it may well be tomorrow. So, um, you know, you often see with these players when they build, and I think you mentioned it, a week or so back, Barry. These players who are um, approaching a big personal birthday who it just galvanises their mind and their um, their thought processes and their you know the direction and, and then suddenly you see something that comes out and, uh, and, and you know a, a new set of motivations effectively into some stronger performances we shall see I mean like Warren he had no win since well, he has no win since 2014 but he's got European winning form in his CV four European tour, tour titles altogether and um, BMW Masters was one of the ones that was in the final series um, back in 2014. Also a World Cup winner back in 2006 alongside Bernard Langer. So some decent form historically. More recently, a bit patchy really. 14th at the Scottish Open in 2018. Sixth at the Belgian knockout last year. The best results that he's had Um, of late but there have been some promising signs a few starts this year where he's got into half decent position after the first and second round and not really pushed it through Mm. but um, I think again in this field it might well give him a little bit of um, confidence that he can but effectively there's not a great deal ahead of him to to beat should he get himself off to a decent start he was 23rd last week so that was a decent enough effort in fact that was his best finish on the European tour for um for a full year, so that's got to give him a little bit of confidence. And historically, a couple of top seven finishes at Wentworth and Tree Line tracks, as we know, classical style. Three top 20s at Crown Sausier, which were mentioned right at the top of this segment, um, including a runners up finish back in two thousand and six. And for me, in this field, it's got to be worth a pun, one hundred and ten to one was the wrong price for me and clearly that's been uh, that's been taken but um, if you still fancy him jump on quickly before his price gets scythed any further than it already has. So yeah, three for me. Just to recap, Marcel, Marcel CM, Bernd Riethammer and John Catlin over at the Uran Bank Open in Austria. Anyone at all catch your eye guys? I know it's um, it's a tough one to try and decipher
1: no that's uh it's yeah beyond my levels of degeneracy <laughs> <'Cause I just coughs> a, yeah it would there's there was a couple of uh, there's a couple there and just matching up you know pre you know result last week plus a previous result here and the price but it would be nothing more than making that uh, tenuous yeah. link which is probably more than I've had for some bets I've placed him over the years. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years is good.
2: Uh, the good news is we've got a far better field next week over on the um, uh, the British Masters. Headlined by Westwood, Lee Westwood, Brandon Stone, Jorge Campillo's playing, Valimaki, Eddie Peppel's playing next week as well. Alex Levy, Louds, and Thomas Detry, Andy Sullivan, Beef's playing as well. So we're back into the realms of a um, genuine regular European Tour event which um, I can't wait for really looking forward to a little bit of this UK swing that starts uh, next Wednesday as well be aware it's another Wednesday start next week on the European
0: Tour thank you chaps much appreciated a packed show um, should be a good good week of golf ahead of us and uh, as I said earlier on the on the pod we've got plenty of big weeks coming up with uh, some big, big tournaments. Thank you, chaps. Good luck uh, on your bets. Let's hope uh, we have a better week than we did last week. Yep, good luck, guys. Yep, best of luck. And best of luck, of course, to all of you listeners. We will be back very soon with the uh, another Golf Betting System podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to send us in those reviews and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.